Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. And be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website. That's speakingoftravel.net. And you can join the Speaking of Travel Travel Club. We've got lots going on with the Travel Club, and you'll be able to find past podcasts and photos and blogs, all kinds of great travel tips, speakingoftravel.net. And Speaking of Travel is brought to you by the Asheville Regional Airline Airport, the Asheville Regional Airport. I'm so excited because they've got so many airlines going back and forth, nonstop destinations, connecting you anywhere you want to go. And you know what? When you fly out of the Asheville Regional Airport, you fly home. That's flyavl.com. And by Appalachian Realty. They've been helping people call Asheville home since 1979. AppalachianRealty.com. And remember, you can listen anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio app. Okay, think about this. Changing your life direction. Okay, thinking about that makes me make that face. You know, the one where your eyes squint and your teeth bite down so hard they feel like they're going to break out of your mouth? Well, seriously, when you ask yourself what you're doing with your life and take some time to reflect on where you're at and where you're heading, something stirs your heart and your mind and your soul. But you know what? Most of us then go back to watching old reruns of Seinfeld. But not our Tess. <laughs> Tess Viglin is a veteran journalist, and for the last couple of years, she's been an expat living over in Bangkok. Unlike some people who complain about their lives and do nothing about it, Tess did something. And I just have a feeling she's going to tell us that doing anything is better than doing nothing. Welcome, Tess, back to the show. Oh, Marilyn, I'm so happy to be here, despite my squinted eyes and my clenched jaw. (laughs) Well, you did it, Tess. I mean, we've been talking now for a couple of years. When did you leave home? It's been a while. I know. In fact, I feel like we are old friends, even though we've never met each other. And and honestly, your show is like a chronicle of my travels that is the uh, like, second only to my own website. So thank you for having me again. It's always such a delight to be on your program. Um, so I, I left in... December of 2015. So I am coming up on, oh my goodness, two and a half years. Tess, I cannot believe it's been two and a half years. <laughs> I can't either. I really can't. It's It has gone by, well, it's gone by both super fast and also slow. Like sometimes I look back and and I think, Man, you know, I should have been doing more because I've had all this time. But um, but then, it, you know, so far, 17 countries in, how can I calculate my months? Uh, about 30 months. 
that's that's not not too bad, not too shabby. And I'm about to to go to country number 18 and 19 over the next few weeks. So uh, I'm now trying to figure out what number 20 is going to be so I can have a celebration. A celebration. <laughs> well, I wish I was going to be there with you to celebrate. You have. Uh, me too. You've done so much, Tess. And, you know, I, I just want to remind my listeners that I met you really you're not going to believe this, but it was five years ago at the World Domination oh. Summit. Yeah. No, no, that was not five years ago. <laughs> it was. It was five years ago. And, you know, since that time, you and I both have made a lot of changes, but you've made such leaping changes. Leap, get it? The name of your book. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, very well done. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that was kind of the first transition after meeting you and hearing you speak at the World Domination Summit about what were you going to do with your life moving forward. And luckily for you, there was a book publisher in the audience and you ended up going on and writing that wonderful book. Right, right. And boy, that seems like a lifetime ago itself. Um, yeah, so I quit my job in fall of 2012, uh, gave the speech eight months later in July of 2013. Uh, the book was published in August of 2015. And then I left four months after that for the shores of Southeast Asia. And now it's, my goodness, it is spring of 2018. And I look back and I, I mean, honest, honestly, I, I, I can't believe the journey. Um, it hasn't always been great, you know, uh, nothing in life is, but for the most part, it's been the adventure of a lifetime. And people can follow this adventure of a lifetime. You're on Facebook, uh, Tess Figlin on Facebook, right? And then you've got your website. Yep, and I'm happy to have people join me there. And, uh, yeah, as you were about to say, the website, it's Tess Untethered. I untethered myself from my old life. So TessUntethered.com. Uh, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. I don't spend any time on Twitter, really, but uh, join me on Instagram for some photographs. Uh, and join me anywhere, because uh, I'd love to have you along. Well, let's talk about those photographs for just a minute, because I want to I want to go back in time to to the the time that you were getting ready to leave, and I'll never forget this. It, it really made an impact. You you actually took a picture of everything that you were taking. I think you had it like on your bed or something, <laughs> and it had, yep. it included your camera and and you had you really did so much research before you left, asking people like, what should I? What kind of camera should I get? What kind of backpack? You know, you really did a lot of research getting yourself together to go. And then you bought this camera, yeah. you've got the camera, and suddenly you become like a National Geographic photographer, Tess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Marilyn, you are far, far too kind. I, I am... actually know some professional photographers, and and uh, their work, uh, my, mine doesn't even compare to theirs. But you are very kind. Please. Thank you. And, you know, it, it uh, photography for me, I, I started kind of trying to teach myself um I don't know, maybe a year or two before I left on this adventure. And um, a lot of it was just hanging around with other people who I knew were really good photographers. And that makes all the difference in the world, uh, being with people who know what they're doing. But for me, it it has become, I, I kind of feel like it's a bit of an extension of 
what I did on the radio, which sounds a little strange, but to me, I'm st- what I'm still trying to do only with my eye instead of my ears is to tell a story. Um, and, you know, I, I used to really take a lot of landscape pictures, which is very easy to do when you're in parts of the world that are so breathtakingly beautiful. But what I've come to enjoy even more is street scenes um, and, you know, pictures of children playing and pictures of uh, food vendors and people praying, um, you know, just slices of, of life. One, one of my favorite pictures, and it's funny because it, it's not even really, it's not wonderfully in focus because <laughs> um, I took it really quickly, but one of my favorite pictures from a recent trip to India a couple of months ago was of a woman who is, you know, in, in a beautiful yellow sari, and she's standing in the doorway of a building that has that is painted all these brilliant, bright colors, red and blue and green. It's got all these wonderful, you know, floral designs all over it. It's just, it's this riot of color in the photograph. But she's just standing there in her doorway on, a, on the phone. She's just talking on the phone. And I just love the idea that we are all doing the same things day in and day out around the globe, you know? And I loved that that picture just told a story of daily life in Jodhpur, India. Um, and so I think for me, you know, photography has presented a, a midlife challenge because I'd never done it before. And it was something that I, I taught myself. I took one class when I first bought my camera. Uh, but since then, it's really been just learning on my own and with friends. And, you know, I loved the the intellectual challenge of that. But more than that, I just love the ability to tell the story in a completely different way. You know, it's not writing, which I've also done. It's not radio, which I did for 20 plus years. Um, it's something completely different, but you're still just looking to say something about the human condition and about how we all live our lives. So I'm, I'm delighted that, that the photographs have meant something to you. You know, that, that means the world to me, that, that they speak to people. Um, and, and that I think the photographs have allowed people to go on this journey with me. And it's allowed people to see places that um, either they've never been or perhaps they never will even go to. Uh, Or even better, that I've showed them places that they didn't think they wanted to go, but now they're going to. Well, That's my favorite when that happens. I love it, Tess. And when we come back, I want to pick up right there and talk more about those everyday scenes and how you're telling those stories. Okay. Hi, this is Tina Kinsey, and I'm with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. Are you planning that trip of a lifetime, a big, wonderful adventure? It's really fun to have one on the calendar, so you can look forward to that big day when you board your flight. But these trips are usually pretty expensive. You spend significant dollars on your airline tickets, lodging, other transportation, and excursions. Did you know that most airline tickets and other trip expenses may not be refundable? That's why you may want to consider trip insurance. 
Should you have to cancel your trip for pre-approved reasons, such as a medical issue, you can recoup some or all of your trip expenses depending on your policy. You can purchase trip insurance from many insurance agencies. You are not bound to purchase from the seller of your tickets, tour, or cruise. And the cost is usually a very small fraction of the cost of your trip. It's worth looking into. Any real estate company's success is a reflection of its attention and care provided to its clients. Appalachian Realty Associates are proven to have the best agents around. And if you're looking for a place in Asheville and Western North Carolina, they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and we're here with my guest, Tess Viglin. She's talking to us today from Bangkok. Is that right, Tess? I am still in Bangkok, yes, celebrating two years living here. Wow. I remember when you... Uh, first got there, you were in Vietnam, and you weren't sure where you were going to go, and one thing led to another, and you kept exploring and traveling and fell in love with Bangkok. That's pretty much what happened. I, yeah, I, I really did, you know, and it's a, it's, a, it's a very easy city to fall in love with, but, you know, when I left American Shores, I didn't, I didn't really have a plan, but I had kind of this notion in the back of my head that... I might spend four months in Southeast Asia and then move west to Africa uh, for three or four months and then spend three or four months in South America and then go home. You know, be gone for a year and then return to my old life. I never left Southeast Asia. (laughs) You never did. But you've used it as your base camp. Yeah, and it's, you know, I, I look back at all the countries that I visited, and, you know, they, they've all been in Asia or South Asia, um, with the exception of Jordan. And I have almost completed Southeast Asia. Uh, there are only a couple of countries that I haven't been to yet, uh, Bangladesh, the Philippines, Brunei, and then there's the whole, you know, Pacific Islander nations, which the, those are too many to even count. Um, but it, it really is remarkable, even just to me, that, that I've had the experience of all those different countries. And, you know, one of the things that I've loved discovering is that it's not all one just kind of mammoth, same thing everywhere, you know. Thailand is completely different from Vietnam. Vietnam has... N- you know, nothing to do with Bhutan. Um, Bhutan is completely different from Indonesia um, for all kinds of reasons. You know, the people, uh, what they wear, what they eat, uh, how they travel, um, you know, it, religion, everything. And I hope that I have been able to communicate that to people, especially Americans who I think tend to think of Southeast Asia and Asia as a whole as this monolith. I think that's partly because we don't learn a lot about Asia in school in America. We learn a lot about Europe, but we hardly even hear about Asia. 
And so I think I had a lot of the same misconceptions as, as most people probably do. And I'm glad to be disabused of those, and I hope that I've been able to um, help educate other people about that as well so that, so that they know when they come visit Thailand that that doesn't mean that they should not also someday, somehow, visit Sri Lanka. Well, Tess, you have, through your photos and through your uh, writing, have conveyed so much. I've been following you on uh, Facebook and on your website all the time that you've been gone, and I can tell you, you, uh, you've, you've been able to share your stories. You are such a brilliant storyteller, and with the, the photos, as we were talking about earlier, just of uh, scenes of everyday life, being able to recognize that people are people everywhere. Um, they're in different places, but they're still doing the same day-to-day kind of uh, routines that we do. And you've been able to really capture that and share that with, with us, and I thank you for that. Well, that is, you know, one of the greatest compliments that you could ever pay me. So, so thank you because I, you know, it's so easy to kind of just get absorbed in our own, in our own lives, in our own nation, uh, even in our own region, and kind of always think about people in other places as being other, you know, other with a capital O. And it's just simply not true. Um, you know, again, the, the woman just standing in her doorway in this beautiful yellow sari uh, on her phone. Um, or <laughs> I also, in the, in the same city, in Jodhpur, uh, I captured a woman brushing her teeth in her window. You know, just looking out uh, at, at the sunshine and brushing her teeth in the morning. Um, you know, it, we, are, we are all human beings. We are all just people trying to get through our days. Now, clearly, um, there are many of us who live with privileges that most others around the globe do not have. So I'm, I'm certainly not equating uh, lifestyles. But life, I am equating. You know, we all have similar emotions. We all have similar fears and hopes and wants and needs. Um, and, you know, I, I wish that we would all remember that when we are talking about politics, when we are talking about what's going on in other countries, when we are talking about uh, immigration, when we are talking about um, health and wellness. We are all just human beings. And it's so cliche to say it, but cliches are cliches for a reason, and it's because they're true. Um, and I think that one thing that probably the most important thing that travel does for you is it reminds you of that every single moment of every single day. When you are outside of what you consider home, um, you are observing life and culture elsewhere. And what you learn every single one of those moments is that we're all the same. Our situations are not the same. Our, our privileges are not the same. But our humanity is the same. Or, at the very least, it should be. Well, you couldn't have said it uh, more beautifully. And I, and I know that, uh, especially now, with 
so much noise of them versus us and and trying yeah. to um, uh, move people apart to uh, to prejudices and um, you know just thinking that th- that somehow because you live somewhere else that you're not the same for people to uh, and I want to get back to the very beginning of the show you know change your life direction being able to say I am stepping out of this familiar zone because I want to experience life and I want to experience humanity and I and and this is what you've done, and you've been a good model for a lot of people to uh, to see that, yes, it is difficult. You do have to clench your teeth and make that face and say, you know, oh, this is hard, <laughs> right? But then you, yep. you you make that leap. You take that jump. You you know, and it doesn't have to be to Vietnam. It could be to, uh, to San Diego. It could be to, you know, another state or just stepping out somewhere to see that life is different in other places, but also the same. Yes, absolutely. You know, and I, I think that's a really good point. And I, that, that point has been driven home for me uh, just in the last few months because, you know, I have found that because Bangkok is now my home, I've started to take it for granted. And I've, I think at some point I stopped thinking about it as special. And I stopped exploring it the way you would think I would, given that I have not spent my whole life here. Um, and I think that's very easy wherever you live, whether it's in, you know, California or Texas or Bangkok, <laughs> uh, to get stuck in, in where you are and not to think that it's special. So maybe you live in North Carolina and you forget that West Virginia is really close, and it's beautiful. And, boy, those mountains are extraordinary. And, but, you know, it's right there, so, you know, why would I, why would I do that? Well, because it's there. Um, I, think, I think it's really easy just to get, to get stuck and, and not to go places. Um, and, and to get the idea that if you are going to go somewhere, you have to go somewhere far. You don't. And that's what, you know, I keep reminding myself of that in Bangkok. I don't, I don't have to, this coming weekend, go to South Korea. I could. It's, you know, a five-hour flight. But why not go instead to Ayutthaya, which is a very famous site that's about, a, uh, about an hour's drive uh, from Bangkok. I still haven't, like, it's where a lot of tourists go when they come to Thailand. I still haven't been there in two years. Well, um, Tess, what and you, then, you need, know, it's like, well, why not? Why not? What you need is a staycation this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and I when do. we when we come back, <laughs> let's pick up right there, because I want to talk a little more about Bangkok. But I also want to talk about India, because we've got a lot to talk about there. I'm always happy to talk about India. All right. Thanks, Tess.
Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away. Starting at Asheville Regional Airport, fly Allegiant, American, Delta, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. As newcomers flock to Asheville over the last 50 years, they joined with locals to breathe new energy into the city. Marilyn Ball traces the bonds of community that give rise to Asheville today in her book, The Rise of Asheville, an exceptional history of community building. It's available at Malaprops, Barnes & Noble, Loft on Broadway, and Amazon.com. Any real estate company's success is a reflection of its attention and care provided to its clients. Appalachian Realty Associates are proven to have the best agents around. And if you're looking for a place in Asheville and Western North Carolina, they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words... And now, here's our good friend Doc Lawrence on the Gourmet Highway. He's joining us here today from Atlanta, Georgia. Hey, Doc, I hear you're right down in your own hometown, Atlanta, Georgia. Hey there, Marilyn. You know, one of Joe South's greatest songs had a line that said, All God's children get weary when they roam, and don't it make you want to go home? Well, that's me. I'm back here this week in my hometown of Atlanta. I was born on Peachtree Street, just right up from the fabulous Fox Theater. And when I was a kid, I even got to see Elvis at the Fox. Talk about Gourmet, Maryland. This is a city where there's a great restaurant almost every block. We've got everything from Ted's Montana Grill. If you like American fast food with some class, we've got Southern with Mary Max and the Colonnade French Petite Violette, Asian. They call it the Buford Highway Corridor. Several miles of Vietnamese, Korean, Thai, Indian, Filipino, Indonesian cuisine. It's exciting. It's delicious. They don't always speak English, but they know how to serve some good food. And man, is it popular. This is a great center of higher education. Think about it. Emory University, Georgia Tech, Agnes Scott, Morehouse, Spellman, with Emory and the U.S. Centers for Disease Control leading the world in health research alone. The great lady of Atlanta is now and always will be Scarlett O'Hara. We even have a good cocktail named after her. Art, look, the High Museum of Art, it's not the only place in the South, but it may be the best place in the South for art that will keep you there for an entire day or more. Next door to the high is the headquarters of the Atlanta Symphony, one of the great orchestras on this planet. And just up Peachtree Street, again where I was born, is the International Center for Human and Civil Rights, 
which is next door to the College Football Hall of Fame. Marilyn, I'm getting out of breath. There's so much to do here. Guess where I'm going tonight, Marilyn? I'm headed down to Agave, one of the great southwestern restaurants that has found a home here in Atlanta and have dinner like you cannot imagine. Agave is next door to historic Oakland Cemetery, which is the final resting place of Margaret Mitchell, who wrote Gone with the Wind, and I always make the effort to go over to the cemetery and lay one red rose on Miss Mitchell's grave. Tomorrow, Maryland, we're going to go over to the Fernbank Museum of Natural History, which is almost next door to the Fernbank Science Center. And after looking at all these wonderful exhibits, head on over to Stone Mountain and climb to the top of the great monolith and watch the planes land at Hartsfield-Jackson Airport and look on the horizon at the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains. And I think I can see Asheville and maybe I can see you. Well, Maryland, it's time to close it out for now. This is Doc Lawrence along the Gourmet Highway for Maryland Ball and speaking of travel, saying goodbye for now from Atlanta, Georgia. We hope to see you soon in another part of the American South. Well, there sure is a lot to see and do in Atlanta, Doc. I'm heading down there to meet up with you, and we're going to have some fun. You take care and talk to you next week as we travel along the Gourmet Highway. Our guest today is Tess Figlin, and we're talking about life changes, staycations, and Tess, I want to talk about India with you because, you know, one thing you were talking about earlier, going and visiting all these different countries, and, you know, one thing that that I've always heard is, okay, you've been there, done that, don't really need to go back, but you (laughs) have gone back, and I want to hear about that. Tell us a little bit more about India and why you did go back. Yeah, you know, this is something that that I've heard quite a bit from people when I've returned to, well, there are, there are a couple of places that I've returned to after already having visited them. Uh, one is Japan, and uh, the other is India. Uh, Burma was another one as well. I've been there twice. And when I said that I was returning to India this year after having been there just a year prior for three weeks, a couple of people said, well, why would you go back? I mean, there's kind of the whole world to explore. You haven't even finished up Southeast Asia at this point. Why, why go back to somewhere that you've, that you've been? And my answer at the time was, uh, because I loved it. <laughs> and to me, that's pretty much a good enough answer uh, right there. But I also think that we get stuck in this idea of what travel is supposed to look like, right? You know, you're not supposed to go back to places that you've been before. You're supposed to visit X, Y, and Z sites wherever you're going. Um, And if you don't visit that, then uh, it's like you were never there. There are all these rules that you're supposedly supposed to follow in travel, and I've pretty much torn up all of those rules. Um, Now, I have the luxury of doing that because I have time, but I also think that rules like that can really hamper you from having an experience that that you want to have. You know, there are so many places uh, where I've gone, whether it's a, a repeat visit or not, where I have not gone to the most 
you know, touristy site, the, the, the place that you're absolutely supposed to go if you go to that country. Um, you know, I, I skip it sometimes because I find in my heart that I am just not interested. Like maybe I've been seeing pictures my whole life and I don't find it that interesting um, or I don't want to fight the crowds. And I used to feel guilty about that. Now I don't. I'm like, you know what? I'm not traveling for anybody else. I'm traveling for my enjoyment and for my education. So why would I be following silly rules? You know, I I think a lot of people heed those rules because they're worried that they're not going to travel the right way. They're worried that they're going to miss something. They're worried they don't have confidence in their own ability to find their way and find something interesting outside of what everybody else is seeing. Um, And I wish that people would have that confidence, even if even if you haven't traveled before, uh, you you could find it. You can find what what pushes your buttons. Um, And so for me, the idea of going back to India, well, first of all, it's an enormous country. I mean, it is huge. It's got a billion people. It's got something like, I don't know, 34 states or something like that. It's really, really large. So three weeks is not going to get you, you know, a real piece of India. And India is also one of those places where, you know, I, I spent five days in Kolkata this time, the former Calcutta. And it was like being in a a different world than when I went to Amritsar, which is, um, I don't know, maybe a couple thousand kilometers away. And it's right on the border with India. And I went there because there's this really cool, crazy border ceremony every night between the Indian military and the Pakistani military. Um, And so it was almost like being in, in two different countries. So going back to India, even if I, you know, I went back to a couple of the cities that, I'd, that I had already been to, but it was because I loved them. I wanted to see them again. Um, I have a friend who's visiting Europe again this year, and she and her husband were just in the U.K. last year. And I asked her where they were going this year, and she kind of sheepishly said, well, we're going, we're going back to the U.K. And I was like, why, why, why are you being weird about it? If you love it, go back. I went back, to, I went back to Buenos Aires in Argentina in the fall of 2008, and I loved it so much that I went back a year later. You know, why not? Don't pay attention to the rules. Do what sounds fun and interesting to you. If you're going to spend your travel dollars, do what you want to do. Forget the rules. Just go enjoy yourself, have fun. Well, you know what? I think that's something we can apply not only to travel, but to life in general, right? Amen. <laughs> Amen, Amen to that. Well, Tess, I there's so much that um, that we can talk about here. And as we're getting ready to go into break, I want to um, just put this in the back of your mind that we can talk about when we come back. Um, it sounds like you're getting ready to wrap things up. And I want to mm. kind of talk to you more about that. So... Be thinking about how you want to talk to us about that, because it's kind of tearing me up here a little bit. (laughs) Oh, yeah, me too. All right. (laughs) I don't want it to end, but it it may. I know. But remember, we're going to not follow the rules, and we're going to make that into something (laughs) special. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Tess. Be right back.
your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away. Starting at Asheville Regional Airport, fly Allegiant, American, Delta, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. Any real estate company's success is a reflection of its attention and care provided to its clients. Appalachian Realty Associates are proven to have the best agents around. And if you're looking for a place in Asheville and Western North Carolina, they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. Be sure to check out the Speaking of Travel website. That's speakingoftravel.net. And join the Speaking of Travel Travel Club. And remember, if you're flying in and out of Asheville, check out the Asheville Regional Airport. That's Fly Asheville. It's flyavl.com. But you want to fly in and out of Asheville because when you do, you're home. And if you're looking for that special place to buy, be sure to check out Appalachian Realty. That's appalachianrealty.com. Well, I'm here with my guest, Tess Viglin. Tess is calling us. Uh, talking to us today from Bangkok. Tess, you've had quite the journey over the last couple of years, and, you know, life keeps changing. Tell us about where you are now. And, <laughs> you know, you were talking about really being able to explore Southeast Asia, and it looks like you're going over to Australia. Have you been there? Yeah. No, I have not. Um, first, I'm going diving in the Maldives uh, in a couple of days, which I'm really excited about. And then country number 19 is going to be Australia, and I'm going there because my parents are traveling in Australia. And so I'm going to go meet up with them, and I'm going to dive the Great Barrier Reef, hopefully part of it that is not bleached out yet. And my mother is going, she's 74 years old, and she is going to get scuba certified uh, while I'm there. So I'm super excited for her. It's a brand new adventure for her. And her, her first ever open water dive is going to be on the Great Barrier Reef. Good Not Lord, bad. you guys, I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need to get your mother on my show. <laughs> yeah, seriously. She'd love it. She's yeah. Awesome. So 19, country 19 coming up, and then you were talking about country 20. Yep. You're not sure where you're going. Mm-mm. No, I'm not sure. You know, I kind of feel like I should go somewhere uh, to help finish off Southeast Asia. So Philippines, Bangladesh, I'm not I'm not sure about. Um, Brunei would would be a, a hop, skip and a jump for me. So probably probably one of those three, I would say. And then what do you think? What are you thinking? I mean, it's been two and a half years. Uh, uh-huh. It's gone by really fast, uh, but very slow, as you said. And, um, right. you know, it, a couple of years, what what's going to happen now? That's a really, really good question. And, you know, I, w- I will admit to you that I'm, I'm in a place right now where I'm 
I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling very uncertain. Um, I've been incredibly fortunate to have the financial freedom over the last couple of years to pretty much just travel. You know, I've done some freelancing, but um, I've, I've used savings and the proceeds from the sale of my house a couple of years ago. And, you know, but that is, that is a finite amount. And so now I'm in the process of trying to figure out what, what the next step is. I, and I, I don't know what that looks like. Um, there are days when I feel like I'm ready to go home and maybe get a normal job, uh, whether that's in my old industry or not. I, I don't know. I don't know if I would be welcomed back. Um, you know, I've been gone for a couple of years, and not every employer is going to look positively on that. Um, I think enlightened employers will, <laughs> because I'm <laughs> certainly a, a different and better person than I was two years ago, uh, and different and better employee, I think. But, um, you know, do I do I do something completely different? I, I have actually, I've... I am so in love with diving and with the ocean and the sea that I've wondered if I might go back to school and become a marine biologist. <laughs> um, I would need to find a school that would help me with a lot of scholarships, but it's something that I have thought about. Um, do, I, do I try to go into some completely foreign and, and different um, industry? I, I, I don't know. Or do I stay here? You know, there are times when I when I'm ready to leave Bangkok, when I'm kind of sick of it and I'm sick of Asia, um, as I think you would be with anywhere. Uh, but then I get past that and I don't want to leave and I don't feel like I'm, I'm done with this part of the world. Um, and then there are days when I feel like I'm done with this part of the world, but I also don't want to go home. So then so then what do I do? You know, I, I would love to, for example, go to Spain. I've never been to Spain and Portugal, but just picking up and going there at this point is not possible without having work. Um, and finding work abroad is not as easy as I thought it was going to be. Um, so I've got all these questions of what that next step is going to look like. And I've been here before. And I know I can get through it, but it is very disquieting right now and very uncomfortable. Now, I've learned to live with that feeling, and I, I know how to manage it, but that doesn't mean that it's easy. Um, and, and again, I mean, I have to emphasize, I have been pretty much the luckiest person in the world the last couple of years. And I acknowledge that, and I recognize that, and I appreciate that. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you know, this next iteration of myself is going to be easy. Um, and I'm prepared for that. Uh, but it is uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> As well, anyone who's been through a transition will understand. Well, it's, it's bringing back the memory of the day that you stood on that stage out in Portland, Oregon, and talked about a very similar place where you were at that point. Yeah. And yeah. And this feels very much like that. Um, you know, it's, it's, and, and, and it's, but it's, it's almost harder for me to talk about that at this point, um, because of the privilege of the last two years. It's, it feels like it's very hard to be honest about 
difficulties right now because it's very easy to look at my life and say, but wait a minute, you're living in Bangkok. You haven't worked for the last couple of years. You've traveled to all these places. You're the luckiest person in the world. So, you know, shut up. (laughs) Um, And I understand that. I totally get that. Uh, which is why I'm actually surprised that I'm even talking to you about it. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> I've, I've kept this card pretty close to my vest recently. Um, but in the spirit of, of honesty and real life, um, you know, the fact is that this is a transition, and it's very much like what I went through, you know, those jeepers five years ago yeah. now. Um, and it's just, you know, it's just something that you work through. It and is. And I, I know I'll find something and, uh, you know, it's out there somewhere. Uh, I just have to have patience. Well, you know what? You've had um, these last couple of years to really get to know yourself a lot more, too. And, you know, and in comparison to all those people that you've met and all those cultures that you've been a part of, uh, I would imagine that that would have some deep uh, revelations to who you are and and kind of reaching deep to see that um yeah, yeah you've got you've got a lot of options i yeah i mean i I think I do um I hope you're right uh the problem is that i'm I'm not very good <laughs> at translating all that into for example, a resume. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I, I I really need to probably sit down and this is actually now you're my career counselor. There you go. Um, I need I need to I need to sit down and really put some thought into what all of this travel, what all of this cultural exposure has done to my ability to be a good employee for whomever. Um, and what kind of skills it has brought me. And I, I know that it has brought them to me. I just haven't really sat down to, you know, m- make that a um, a solid thing that I can talk about. Yeah. And that's that's the responsibility I have right now is to not only to do that, but to really look inside myself and and ask myself what I what I want and what I really want to do. You know, there's something that immediately in me says, uh, I want to go back to radio um, because I'm really good at it and I miss it. I have missed it every single day that I um, have been away from it, truly. I, I love it that much. Someone recently even asked me, you know, would you go back to your former employer? And I said, I would in a heartbeat. And I surprised myself when I said that. It, like, just came out of my mouth. Um, But I also wonder if I'm romanticizing all of that and if I am also just giving myself the easiest option. It's entirely possible that I'm mentally doing that instead of really sitting down and saying, you know, after all of this, after all of this adventure, what, what, where can I be most of service somewhere? What can I, how can I use these two years, two and a half years, and take it somewhere and help? And, you know, that, that's when I start thinking about marine biology. You know, it's something completely different, but I am terrified for the nation's oceans at this point. You know, can, can I somehow use all of these skills, all this knowledge in a different way? Um, 
or is there something else? I don't know, and that is exceedingly difficult for me to say. Um, and there's a lot of hard work ahead of me after I get back from <laughs> from Australia. Right. But, um, but you know, I, I just I have to know that that it is out there, and I have to I have to believe that there will be people who will look at what I've been doing and say, yes, that is valuable. Instead of saying, no, you took a two-year break and you're lucky, but you're lazy and you didn't do anything, which, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the reaction well, in some places. Let me just um, let me just interject here, Tess. I'm holding up the mirror for you right now, and I'm telling you, you have done a great service for so many, and I want you to be thinking about that. Feel free to call me anytime. We can chat. I'll help you through it. <laughs> Thank you. But in the meantime, you go dive in the ocean. You go play with your parents. I think you have a birthday coming up, if I'm not mistaken. Hello. Yeah, in about uh, an hour and a half. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, think of it as a new day. Don't play by the rules. You go out and, and just... Do it, Tess, and we're going to okay. re- we're going to revisit this in a couple of months and find out where you are. And I want you to just go out and have fun. Will you pro- I will certainly do that. You promise you. me that. <laughs> I absolutely promise you that, and um, I, I appreciate the words of encouragement. Well, there you go. Well, thank you, Tess. You go out and just have a wonderful birthday. Have so much fun with your family. You're going to look back on all of this, and you're, you'll always be thankful. And as I hold up the mirror, I say, right on, girl. <laughs> Thank you, Marilyn, thank and thank you, you so much for these conversations. They're you just always bet. such a delight. They are. All right, Tess, we'll be talking to you again in a couple of months, all right? Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Hey, this is Marilyn Ball. You've been listening to Speaking of Travel. Go out, make some life changes, and remember, don't postpone joy. Right.